The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. It was so easy for me growing up. I was a church kid, and it was so easy to make Easter that. That's it. Just looking for the egg, have a lot of fun, and... Um, and I just honestly, I made Easter so small in my eyes. And I think it's really easy for uh, if you grew up in the church, and even if you didn't, I think everyone, honestly, whenever you think about Easter, it's just a lot like Christmas. You just make it about what the, the, the tradition is, presents, Easter eggs, whatever. Um, whether you're in the church or not, I think a lot of the times you don't realize um, what we're celebrating and what we're doing it for. And so I think, uh, I don't know, it's really sad. I really minimized Easter until just recently, like really thinking, like, why am I even doing it? Like, what is, what is this holiday for? And so I want to talk tonight about, about 25 minutes, just really talk about what is the resurrection and how is it important? Why is it important? What does it mean for us living in light of post or right after, after the resurrection? What does it mean? Because I think whenever you really look at the biblical narrative, whenever you look at the Bible, as we will in just a minute, it demonstrates not just whimsically doing some little fun thing and forgetting what in the world we're doing it for. When you read the biblical narrative regarding Easter, it is impacting. It is challenging. Whenever you look at the two men walking on the road to Emmaus and, and Jesus talks with them and he's, and he's just sharing with them the scriptures and they're amazed by him and then he just vanishes. I mean, this is crazy. They are in amazement. They're in awe and they begin worshiping Jesus. I mean, this is what Easter was for them. Whenever you look at the disciples and how they were impacted whenever he showed up to them on the side of the shores and he's talking to Peter, I want you to go build my church Build my church. Go preach to people. That was what Easter was. I want you to tell people what you just saw. Thomas, look at my hands. I am resurrected. I am alive. And Thomas was amazed, and he went and told everyone that he could about it. I mean, that is what Easter is. And I think one of, a really cool one uh, that I think can be really easily just skim-dried on over is the, the reaction that Mary has, Mary Magdalene. And so I really, uh, that's in John 20, and I want to read 11 through 18, but before you do, just to give a little context, uh, I want to read, starting in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, well, and that's also just kind of, this is just John writing. That's John, by the way, the one that he says Jesus loved. It's just kind of funny knowing that John is talking about himself that way. So she, she found out that the tomb has been uh, tampered with, the, the stone has been rolled away. So she runs to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken away our, the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. John's got to throw this in here. But the other disciple outran Peter, and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. Typical Peter. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well, and the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linens, 
Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, (laughs) got to mention that a second time, also went inside. He saw and he believed, for they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had risen from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Which, by the way, I don't understand really. Uh, Commentators don't even really understand how in the world she got mixed up because they they saw the linens. They now understood what Scripture said. Jesus has been risen. They didn't understand before, but now they understand. Jesus has been risen from the dead. So they head back to where they were with the other disciples, and she's still just weeping. And they're like, so I don't don't really understand. Maybe she just didn't believe them, or they just didn't want to mention it to Mary. But So now Mary's still outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not not realize that it was him. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put it, and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. She turned, and t- she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I have ascended to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. So I want to talk tonight about the person of Mary and her reaction to the resurrection. I think it's pretty amazing. She, she thought at first, I mean, she, she went to the tomb thinking that Jesus' body had been taken. Like somebody just went in there, they stole him, and they were going to continue to disrespect and um, probably tamper with his body. And so she thought that they were just going to further the abuse that Jesus went through. And so she runs to the disciples. She tells the disciples. And so they run there too. And they look. They understand the linens have been taken off. They're folded. And wouldn't make any sense if someone stole the body of Jesus but left his, clothings behind, his clothing behind. And so um, whatever it was that really sparked them, they understood. They, understand, they understood what they didn't before in the scriptures. And so they go back, but she is still there weeping, weeping. And so she meets the angels, and then she meets Jesus, and Jesus is like, Mary! And she gets it. She falls at his feet and starts worshiping him. And so I want to talk tonight about the example that she kind of gives us. Really, I think there's two things from her example that are so important, so significant, so significant for our generation, and honestly for all Christians, to realize if you call yourself a Christian. This is so important if you call yourself a Christian that I think Mary can kind of give a great example for for us. And so I want to talk about that. The first one is that she wept because of the violence done to Jesus, both before that he was dead in the first place, but then also that he was going to continue the abuse. She was under the impression that he was going to continue, uh, his body was going to be continually abused. And and so she wept. She wept. She cried. 
continually. And what really makes this, I think, interesting for the Christians today, for us, for me and you, is that she had no idea why he died in the first place. She didn't know. She knew that he had to die. He said, uh, I have to go. Um, The son has to be killed. And so she understood Jesus needed to die. She had no idea why. She didn't understand it. And she certainly didn't understand the resurrection that he'd be coming back to life. She did not understand. All she knew, Mary Magdalene, was that Jesus was an amazing man of God, that he loved her so deeply. If you look in Luke chapter 7, he casts out seven demons out of this woman. And it radically transforms her life. She begins living for him. She begins following him. She begins professing just my love for this is my teacher. This is my rabbi. This is my Lord. And so she loves Jesus, an amazing man that transformed and changed her life. Everything that she knew of reality was now changed because of the work of Jesus Christ. That's what she knew. And so that was enough for her to begin weeping whenever he died. She didn't understand why she died. And then here we are, on the other side of that, reading this, and we know exactly why he died. We know that we are the reason that he was on that cross. We know that we are the reason that he had stakes drawn through his hands and his feet, and he was pierced, and he was hung on a cross, and he died a horrible death. We know that that was on us. That was our doing. We caused that. He did that for us. She had no clue the reality that we do, yet she was still brought to tears, weeping. I couldn't imagine what her response would be if she knew that it was her fault that he died, that it was for her that he died. I think there's something to really learn from Mary Magdalene of her deep passion and understanding of Jesus and her love for him and her recognition and reverence for his love for her. And I, and I also want to say, if you know me, I'm not an emotionalist, uh, to say the least. I, I'm not. So I'm not saying, like, you need to be weep. If you're not crying, you're not a Christian. Like, that's, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not an emotionalist. And so uh, all you tough men out there, you, I don't know how... A woman crying in public has anything to do with me. (laughs) Even you tough girls, if you're not a crier. This still applies, okay, because I'm not a crier. Honestly, like, Sarah and I, we will argue. We will have discussions. And um, she'll, she'll, she'll just beg me. Honestly, she'll beg for me. She'll just say, please, just tell me how you're feeling. Like, express your, try to verbalize your emotions. And I'm not kidding. It has literally come out more than once, me just saying, I, I, she's like, what are you feeling? I want to know. Are you upset? What are you feeling? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to wrestle right now if it would be logical to be upset or not. Like, I've, that's actually come out of my mouth, okay? So um, this whole, like, weeping in public, I, I get that that's not maybe, uh, so I'm not, like, pushing for emotionalism. I'm not pushing for you to just cry just to show that you're a Christian, like, I get, like, I just, I don't know, should I be upset? Like, it wouldn't be logical. What would be the implications if I was upset right now in this argument? That's me. I get it. But let me tell you, the cross is different. The cross is different for me. The cross is completely different for me than anything else. I was having coffee with Pastor Isaiah, and we were, this was on Monday, two days ago, and we were just talking about the love of God. Really cool. 
to have a best friend that just you just talk about the love of God for you. Uh, that is a really neat thing to have. A bond with someone. Just to, and I mean, Sarah and I, I mean, in our devotion, just talking about how much God loves us. And that's just really cool to have those relationships. And so I, ask, I, I, I really hope that you guys, um, in your friendships, it's not too cool to, uh, to talk about the love of God and how much he loves us. Because uh, it's really something special. Anyway, I was talking with Pastor Isaiah just about the love of God and... and, uh, and just how unbelievable it is, how unfathomable the love of God is, how beyond our understanding, Ephesians 3, Sarah and I were reading about it this morning, Ephesians 3, just how his love is beyond, we, could, we can't even comprehend the depth and the, the expansion of his love for us. We don't understand it. And so uh, Pastor Isaiah and I were just talking about that, and, and the, the analogy of uh, the person of Hosea came up, and just how... Um, and his circumstance, if you don't know the, 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 uh, the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, just how he was called by God to marry this prostitute, and this woman would cheat on him, and he just wanted to love her regardless. He wanted to love her unconditionally. And really, this, this example of Hosea, what he does just to express his love for this woman, though she doesn't deserve it, and she breaks his heart. Like, I... We were honestly just sitting there over coffee just talking like, I don't even know how, like how he wasn't just devastated. I mean, I know it would never happen. Just like to think though, like how do you recover when a spouse would, would cheat on you? Like I, I just, I couldn't imagine. I genuinely, I just, I couldn't imagine how I would recover, how I would recover from that. Just talk through it. And like obviously divorce wouldn't be an option. Like we would work through it for, and I just, but man, the brokenheartedness, just the ripping out of your heart, the abandonment, the, the, the rejection, right? You just feel like, how in the world could you do that to me? And the broken trust, and I want to work through that, and I couldn't imagine it. But this example that Hosea had in the Old Testament uh, is, is perfect for what we do to Christ daily. And when you think of that, when you think of that, we are constantly just ripping out his heart when we abandon him, when we cheat on him with the lusts that we have, the disgusting desires that we have, and we put those in front of him. That, every single day, is exactly what we do to him. And then you got to think, wow, his love is genuinely unfathomable. His love for me, his acceptance to me, regardless of everything I've done, is literally unbelievable. And when I was talking with Pastor Isaiah about that, I literally just got a pit in my stomach just thinking, I do not deserve how much you love me. And that will get me emotional every time. If you genuinely comprehend the depth of the love of Jesus Christ and what he did for us, for us. It wasn't just Jesus did it. Jesus did it because of us. We put him on that cross it is so essential for Christians today to realize Christ did that for us. The violence that he went through and it brought Mary to tears and she wept because she realized so deeply the, the violence that he went through and she loved him. How much more if she understood, right? That it was because of her, like we do. This service coming up on Friday, we have a good, a good Friday service, and that is really just talking about Jesus Christ dying on the cross, taking our place, 
receiving the punishment of God for turning away from God for us. And that service is going to be very solemn, very somber, uh, just that's exactly what this is. That's exactly what this will be the focus of the service on Friday. Just realizing, having a reverence for, wow, your love is so deep and you love me so much that you would do this. And that's exactly what Friday is for. And so I, I encourage you guys, go and be a part of the service on Friday. Don't hide from the, the realization of how horrible the death of Jesus Christ was for our sake. If we skim over that, if we shrug that off, we don't pay attention to that, we miss everything of what we say we believe in. And so I really encourage you guys, realize that and see that, uh, but that'll be on Friday. But it doesn't stop there. That's, that's the amazing thing, right? That's the amazing thing about the cross is three days later, there's a, a celebration. And, and so that's the next thing that I really want to talk about is Mary celebrated because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It doesn't just stop with the death of, the weeping for, the violence that happened to Christ, but there's a celebration that he, because he did it for us, now we have life. And it's not a replacement. I, I really want to emphasize that. We are not sad that Jesus died for us and then, oh, now I'm, I'm happy. No, it's, it's a simultaneous thing. It is a reverence at the same time, reverence that Jesus would do that for us and then on the same breath, but thank God that he did, right? Thank God that he did. I just want to celebrate that Worship him for that. I think you really can't do that. I, think, I don't think you can celebrate it if you don't understand of what, I don't think you can celebrate if you don't understand what it is. And Jesus Christ showing himself new, alive, fully alive, that shows that he surpasses death, that he is greater than death, that he the greatest thing that we could ever be faced with, right? The one thing that is permanent that could really affect us for eternity is death. Death. There is no other issue, there's no other problem that we sitting in this room, that you sitting in this room could ever face greater than death. There's no other issue that you're going through. I know you have a lot of things going on and I have a lot of things going on. But in the scope of eternity... They all shy in comparison of the death that we will imminently face and, and the rejection of, of God. And she celebrates because when Jesus rises from the dead, he proves that he conquers, that he's greater than that. Whenever you put your trust in him, he will lead you beyond even that. The greatest thing that you could ever face in everything else, he conquers. He's greater. He's more powerful than even death. And so that is what the resurrection means. And whenever you realize that, I think you can really celebrate it. But it took her quite a while, didn't it? It took her quite a while. I want to read that part again, starting in verse 12. Uh, it took her a long time to realize that he was raised from the dead. It's actually kind of comical. Mary saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And she, they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said. And I don't know where they've put him. And this she turned and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus she asked, he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're, that you're looking for? Thinking that it was a gardener. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabune, which means teacher. 
Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I have ascended to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. I think, I kind of want to get close up here, but I really want to, I want to mention this part. I think there's something to learn from how long it took her to realize the resurrection had taken place. I think there's a lot of Christians today that are in light, that, that, he, that, that the resurrection is right in front of them, that they realize it, head knowledge, they understand the resurrection is, but they don't live like it. They're still in the morning. They're still upset. They're, I know so many Christians, and I, don't, I also don't want to just point fingers. They all, I also want it to be kind of an introspection, and so I want that for you guys too. So many of us, so much of the time, can say that we understand and we believe in the resurrection, yet constantly choosing to be angry all the time. And I can only imagine Jesus just saying, why are you angry? Why are you upset? What could you be so upset about in light of eternity that I have risen, that I have given you life, that I have given you hope, that I have given you everything, the greatest promise? What is it that can make you angry all the time? I know so many Christians that are upset and they choose this is this and uh, it's this is different than uh, depression or or clinical chemical imbalances i'm not talking about, i'm i'm talking about an intentional decision to be upset and to be woe was me and to be seeking pity attention negative attention for pity for people i see so many people saying that they profess the name of Jesus Christ, but yet they're intentionally choosing to live out day in and day out just being upset. And I, I, just, want, I just imagine Jesus screaming to them, Isaac, you know, Mary, why are you crying? Why are you upset right now? Do you not understand? Do you not grasp the gospel? Do you not grasp the resurrection? Do you not grasp the great hope. There is nothing when you grasp how much I've given you, the life that you have, the eternal hope, the promise, the greatest thing you could ever have. Whenever you grasp that, what is it that you could constantly live, choose to live day in and day out, being upset instead of being joyful? I think Christians people of promise, people that grasp and they profess the resurrection should be the most joyful people in the world, should be the most happy, the most thankful, the most celebratory people in the world. And if you choose not to be, you just choose to go day in and day out, angry at life, sad. My question is, do you grasp the, the resurrection? Do you grasp God's hope, God's plan, God's promise for eternity? I, I've had one concussion in my life. And it's a, it was a legitimate, like, I know a lot of people say, like, oh, I don't think I remember today. Like, 
and, you know, they got bumped on the head. Like, no, this was like a legitimate, this was a legitimate concussion. I was sumo fighting. Have you guys ever seen the sumo suits? Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, I don't know what I was doing, but it was my birthday party. And um, probably trying to show off in front of some girl. I was 13, so it doesn't matter. But um, I was in the sumo suit, and, like, you can barely, like, waddle, right? Like, you're, like, and... They, like, whenever you rent these sumo suits, like, you rent, like, also this, like, mat that's rolled up. You unroll it, right, and it's really thick uh, mat. They're like, yeah, no, just leave it in the wrapper. Just, we don't want to roll it up for them. So we're just, like, out in the yard, and there's bricks. And anyway, first, first thing that he does, he just pushes me, and, oh, no. And, like, you just can't do anything about it. You just fall, and I just land right on my head on the bricks. And so anyway, it's bleeding, and uh, I genuinely, I don't remember this, but I hear stories of it. Um, so I was freaking out, thinking it's Thanksgiving, and why, is my fr- why are my friends uh, at my house on Thanksgiving? And uh, my birthday's in June, and so people were concerned for me, and uh, <laughs> rightfully so. Um, rightfully so, yeah. But I, I was genuinely fine. I, I was really fine, but I kept, like, freaking out, like, I don't, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know, and I... And, and everyone's like, Isaac, you're, you're okay, calm down. And I'm like freaking out. Um, they, they had to like put me in the shower and just to like try to relax a little bit. So like I'm fully clothed, standing in, in a shower. And, uh, and they're like just trying to relax me. And I'm freaking out now because why am I showering with clothes on? So like I, I'm not in my right mind. And I'm not in my right mind. And everyone's like, Isaac, you're okay. But I just don't grasp that I'm okay. And honestly, that's, that's kind of how I feel like this is. Like it is it is right there in front of her. Maybe it wasn't super clear that I was okay at that time. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they should have taken me to the hospital. They didn't, though. They said I was fine. And I believed them. And I was fine. I'm still fine. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe there's repercussions. <laughs> Aside from the point, you're going to keep me on this forever. It was right there in front of Mary. And they just kept saying, Mary, 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 Mary. And she's like, I don't know where my Lord is. I don't know, they've taken my Lord. And Jesus finally goes, Mary! Rabune, Jesus! And she runs at his feet, and she, it, it's like, clicks on. I don't know. But is that us? The resurrection is a real thing right there in front of us. But are we just living day in and day out without the reality of the resurrection right there and embracing it and just excited about it and running for it? We're just, it's just not there like we're blind to it, or we're oblivious to the amazing hope that the resurrection gives us, oblivious of it. Is that us? Because whenever you realize the resurrection, when you realize the hope, whenever you believe in the resurrection, the hope that you now have, it changes everything. It changes everything. I want to go into this time. I don't know how much time I have. I want to go, would you guys stand with me? We had, if you, if you weren't here last week, uh, this is probably going to be new, but we want to go into a time where you're not looking at the people, you're not looking at the light, the display, but you are just off somewhere else, and you are just focused on God, and you're just embracing the reality of the hope of the resurrection, what he did for us on the cross, the reality, and I hope it brings you to just a reverence of you're amazing, and I'm in awe of you, and I want to celebrate because of the hope that I now have, and so... I want to go into that time where we're not just standing here, crowded up, looking at the people on the stage, but would you guys spread out with me? Just spread out. It's okay. The first person has to, and then everyone else feels, okay, now I can too. Feel free.
Whenever, and I'm not quite done yet, but I want to keep talking to you guys. If you guys would just look my way, and then we're going to have music playing, and I just want you guys to go in time of worship and just celebrating and just revering God. If you're a crier, then you can cry too, but I'm not. When Mary did realize, it took her a long time, but when Mary did realize what Jesus did for her, she did two things. The first thing, she ran at his feet, and she adored him, and she loved him, and she worshipped him, and then she went and ran and told somebody else. She told other people. She had to tell other people because this amazing hope that she had, she celebrated. She can't celebrate by herself. She wants to celebrate with other people, but she also worshipped at his feet. I want all of you to be so excited about the resurrection and what it gives you that you go tell other people, but don't go tell other people without you spending time with God yourself because if you're, just give, if you're just telling them just from you and you didn't spend time with God yourself, you're just giving them empty words that you have never experienced yourself, I want you to spend time with God and enjoy him to where it is just rich to wherever you go tell those people. It's rich when you tell them. She fell at her feet before she went and told others. She fell at his feet right before she went and told other people. I want us to fall at his feet. It honestly saddens me. It saddens me whenever people live in a state of sin. Shrugging it off, not really caring. They're so numb to just whatever. I'm still, I'm doing it. It doesn't bother me that I'm living this way. Maybe that's you. It bothers me whenever they say that and they are okay with it and they don't want to change. They don't want to live more for him. I'm just thinking, do you not understand what he did for you to where you wouldn't do that? Do you not understand that he died for you? That he loves you so much? It kills me. People being just apathetic to their sin because they don't understand the cross. And it honestly, it kills me. It kills me whenever people just don't, don't realize the resurrection. And they're not just so excited for God. They're not so thankful for God. I want you guys to be so thankful for what he's done for you to where it now brings you to a celebration. I want to tell other people and I want to worship you. I want that to be us. I want that to be us like Mary. Realizing the significance of the cross, and the hope that we have in the resurrection. So we're going to go in time of worship. You can start the music. Just spend time with him, whatever it looks like for you, sitting down, on your knees, whatever it looks like. Just spend time with God right now. Would you do that? We hope you enjoyed this sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.